This episode on Birth Circle, we'll be talking about a very unique birth that was life-threatening, but we are going to be talking about it in context of protection and insurance. Please be forewarned. The Birth Circle podcast features experts in all the nuanced areas of pregnancy, birth, and postpartum with the aim of helping women make the choices that will keep them safe, healthy, and empowered. We respect all birth choices and believe in supporting informed consent and evidence-based practices. Nothing said on this podcast should be taken as medical advice. You should always seek the advice of a competent professional for your care. Welcome to the Birth Circle podcast. Sarah with Birth Circle, and I'm so excited to have Jeffrey and Anna Butler with me today. And we're going to be talking about um, the role of insurance. I know this is not a typical pregnancy subject, but I think it's really important in the safety of a woman, both in pregnancy and birth and postpartum, um, if she has not only her beautiful birthing gowns and her lactation consultant and her placenta encapsulation and all these other things that she can choose from, but also to know her resources when it comes to insurance for the pregnancy and the postpartum and then for the family's foundation to stay safe. So thank you for joining me. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Awesome. So let's um, tell us your story. Why is, why is this subject passionate? Um, well, I guess we could just start with, um, I'm, we have five beautiful children and when we had four, we were, um, we had wanted another one, but that was not really happening. And so we'd kind of given up that whole hope of having another one, got rid of all the baby stuff. And that's the first, you know, the, we still have boxes <laughs> of baby clothes for insurance. <laughs> well, and I'm, I was getting old. And so I thought, well, this is, this is it. We you know we, we can't do this anymore. So I got rid of every pretty most everything. And, um, then found out we were expecting and, um, 42 at the time. So that was a big shock. <laughs> um, really, I mean, we were super excited, but it was really kind of surreal for us. Like, is this really happening? You know, um, but then throughout the pregnancy, and and because I'm older, I was high risk, and um, um, yeah, just so we decided. Um, we have always had life insurance because Jeffrey works in that industry, and um, we have health insurance through my work. Um, but throughout the pregnancy, I kept having these feelings like I wasn't going to make it through this one. Really, really. Like it, I, I and you didn't it, have that with the other ones. Not at all. It was very much um, this. There was something wrong. There was something, and so I, you know, made sure things were up to date with our life insurances. Um, you know, having you know the mom to mom talks with the teenage girls and um, a lot of. Oh my those goodness! And, you were like preparing for. Th- I really was. Oh and, wow! And I mean, what did you think as you were watching her go through this? It was really crazy, honestly, because. She had never, ever said anything along those lines. And so being in the industry and getting life insurance and having life insurance on both of us, you know, I'm always kind of thinking a a little bit of a head and and thinking, okay, in the event of, we want to make sure that we have enough. Mm -hmm. In the event of, you know, either one of us not being around, there has to be something for the survivor to have. And so I'd always thought about that. But for her to bring that up, that was real like the rubber hit the road and it wasn't just one time yeah because you weren't doing it for your clients no, now no. you were doing it for your wife and yeah. you're thinking whoa what is going on because i believe very strongly in mother's intuition and so if to hear a woman say <laughs> i don't think i'm going to make it or you know if you were to say that as a friend to me i would like all oh, all alert because <laughs> something is going on so was there something with the baby or did you like 
no, all through your actually, pregnancy, nothing showed up? No, everything seemed to be going just fine. I know like just being older and pregnancy number five, I was just, I just, it was a hard pregnancy just because of that. Like Geriatric. Just, yes, exactly. the word that <laughs> Ancient. I did, I did feel very, um, like it was just a lot harder just being older and things and, and like couldn't take the stairs after, you know, yeah, second well, I was like, that was like the 24 <laughs> when I was 24 that was my pregnancy but yeah okay um but yeah so then um baby came um a little early water broke and went to the hospital and everything seemed to go just great you know once we got to the hospital and um all of mine are c-section and um everything went really well and I remember having him on my chest. Oh, so you did have a C-section with this one. So I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember, you know, he was born and he was on my chest. And I was, I remember telling Jeffrey, like, everything's okay. Everything worked I'm out. I'm still like, here. I'm still here. <gasps> it was, it was just, it felt like such a miracle that everything was, it was like, okay, it was just me being a little paranoid. Um, and then within a couple of hours, um, I did not feel well at all. We were in the recovery <laughs> Um, before we'd gone to the, you can, um, Jeffrey can tell yeah. us better than I can because I don't remember much of what happened oh, next. Okay. I just remember I started not feeling well. Yeah. So all of our children were born C-section. Our first one, she had a knot in her cord. And so it was an emergency C-section. Yeah, and so she from was then decelerating on, during the... Everything then on was a, a C-section. And so it's not like we hadn't, we'd been through this process before. Mm-hmm. This time we were in recovery room. And we were in there for about an hour and obviously they're doing the the checks just to make sure that there's no clotting of any blood, you know, making sure that the medications, breathing, you know, everything is, mm-hmm. and, and that's what it was. Everything was going okay. And they decided to move us from the recovery room to the mother baby unit. And as we were going out the door and towards the elevator, we turned the corner and she was green, pale. And she's like, she just said, I don't feel very good. And the mm. nurse looked at her and the elevator fortunately didn't come quickly. And so she, the nurse made the decision at that time, we need to go back. And so as we were going back around the corner, back past the nurse's station, there was the comment, um, I'm going to need a crash cart in here. I'm going to need, you know, uh, <gasps> Oh my stat. goodness. And so they put us back into the room. And before I, we knew it, within two minutes, we had eight people in the room. And wow, so they responded really quickly. They responded really quickly, and um, her, her breathing was really, really shallow, and she wasn't responding. She wasn't, she wasn't uh, responding to any type of, okay, we need you to breathe deep. We need you to breathe deeply. We need you to breathe out and stuff. And, and so, at this point, you don't remember? I don't remember much of this. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the intriguing thing, and it was, it was really surreal because they, they gave me the baby, and so I'm holding the baby on one side of the room, and I'm looking and there's seven or eight people mm-hmm. there and they rolled her over uh, to like check her lungs and stuff like that. And I'm looking at her and she stopped breathing and she stopped, she stopped breathing completely. And time after, stood still for you uh, after having her say <sighs> that to me a number of times, three, three, four times during the pregnancy, I'm not going to make it. It It comes to my mind. It's like, this is it, really? This is it, really? And I'm holding oh my, my baby, gosh. And I'm thinking, okay, we have four children at home, and she just took her last breath. Oh my. Oh my. Um, fortunately, mm. they got her. They got her breathing back, and uh, she, they got her stabilized. 
they took the baby to the nursery so that they could focus on on her. And um, so within a few minutes, she was okay. Uh, 10 or 15 minutes, she was okay. But it was, she wasn't completely okay. Um, and so... In the we, meantime, Jeffrey had messaged all his family that I'd had the baby, everything was great, mom and baby are great and everything, and then his phone died. And we live a mile away from the hospital. And so when I was better, he went home to go change, like, you know, see if it was a charger thing or something to go Uh swap out his phone. And I just remember that the doctor had come in while he wasn't there and said, we're taking you into surgery. You need to tell your husband. And so I remember calling him and saying, Hey, they're taking me back to surgery. And that's all I remember. Yeah. Wow. So I got the phone call at home. They're taking me into surgery. What? And so rushed back home, rushed back from the, from home to the hospital. And she's in, she's in emergency surgery. She's in the ER. Wow. Yeah. Well, obviously you're here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what, what, what ended up being the problem? So apparently um, I had had my tubes tied because... Kids because and, it's time. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't need to explain too much of that. But um, one of the sutures apparently had come undone. And so I was just internally bleeding and um, apparently lost three liters of blood. Mm-hmm. Oh, my time. gosh. Yep. And, did you uh, need a transfusion? Oh, yeah. I did. She needed four transfusions of blood oh. and two transfusions of, of IV, of platelets. And stuff. Wow. So sitting in the sitting in the waiting room and everything... The doctor, I could see right down the hallway, the, the doctor eventually comes down the hallway and I approach the nurse's station and he turns to the nurse and he says, I need a, do you have a, a uh, consultation, consultation room? room. <laughs> and y- y- when you, what? yeah. So, and everything that you see on, on TV, anytime a doctor says I need a consultation, it's room, never it's a like, good thing. Yeah. And so again, you know, my heart dropped really Fortunately, um, it was just to to go over what happened, and yeah, she lost three liters of blood. Wow! And uh, as it was pooling, so it wasn't co- coagulating yeah. because of the medication that she was on. Right. It was pooling on the right side of her body, and it was just they just sucked it out. And as they were sucking out the blood, they did see the suture kind of floating in into the tube, and recognized that that's what had happened. What had happened? Wow! And so yeah, she she had it was <sighs> in she was in intensive care. She had four, like I said, four liters of blood, two bags of, of, of fluids, and she had no idea. She had no idea why she was in there. I remember waking up and being like, where's my baby? And they wouldn't let me have my baby, and I was like so upset. You're like, excuse me, do you not understand? <laughs> and then family came and visited, and then they all left, and I'm like, where's what my is baby? going on? And Jeffrey's like, do you not know what you've been through? And I had no idea. I really? Just, yeah, I just did. I had no And how idea. long was it? Like how, hours? Oh, hours? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Hours. Yeah. It was at least five hours. Wow. Oh my goodness. Well, I mean, so this is, this is a very traumatic and really hard story. Don't usually mm-hmm. highlight these kinds of stories on the podcast, <laughs> even though they happen. I think that having dialogue around them and, and listening to a mom's intuition, I mean, had this been something like, I don't know, I, I, you actually kind of hear stories like this about where moms say something's wrong, something's wrong, and she's ignored. And in this case, something was wrong, but you weren't ignored. They right. they took you right back. And right. I'm just so grateful that the healthcare that you received, right. they were well, listening to you. And the, the the thing that I was really, really impressed with is because the, the nurse that made the decision, the executive decision, uh-huh. she was pregnant as well. 
So she's about six months pregnant. Mm. And when, and she, her name was Jazzy. And, yeah. and she was. Shout out to Jazzy. Because she, yeah. she felt that too. And yeah. she knew yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's just what I want to like leave this, like wrap this story up is that, man, terrible things happen every day. But in this case, you were listened to. Yeah. Which was, it was really awesome. This doesn't make it any better for the times that it's not, but it's, oh. But I also appreciate, you know, that like, you know, Jeffrey was aware, you know, all throughout the pregnancy that, that I had this worry. And, um, so I've always worked. And so he knew how much we, and life insurance we'd need if I didn't make it. And so like, here's the great segue. No, I (laughs) I mean, but it was, it was a big deal because I mean, um, having to take care of five little kids with mm-hmm. that. Well, and this is why I was so excited to bring you on the show is to talk about, you've had this store, this um, traumatic event, and then you just so happen to be an insurance broker and you have all the tools to help people kind of like crappy things happen all the time, but to have the insurance, it seems it's, uh, it's like, I don't know how to say it tenderly and gently, but it's like, crap happens and I guess maybe if you can at least have insurance it makes it a little bit better but I, think I mean it makes it's... it a lot better he comes home with so many stories of people that didn't or that decided not to and they or they're now that all they have is stuff. a GoFundMe account mm-hmm. and it's yeah. just heartbreaking yeah. yeah so we'll just kind of segue into that and I have a, a million dumb little questions because I mean it's it's just it's almost taboo I don't know why it's taboo to talk about life insurance and um, catastrophe insurance. Cause you're like, well, if you talk about it, then it, then you're definitely going to need it. You're, and I think that's dumb, <laughs> but we just kind of, so I'm going to, I'm going to start out with a super benign question. Um, those dumb little, sorry, dumb, the little cards that come in the mail that want to sell life insurance for your baby. Like mm-hmm. now we're talking about insurance. Okay. Mm-hmm. Rest of the episodes about insurance <laughs> and how you can use the insurance as a tool. But what are those? Those are child plans, and those have been around for a long, long time. Um, and back in the day, it was a way for kids, for parents to be able to have insurance on, on their child at the very beginning, and mm-hmm. they could increase the policy amount over time. So 20 years down the road when they're married and they have their own kids. I have, because you is. believe if you say anything, then it maybe will happen. And yeah. so you just kind of avoid these conversations. But then when something happens, because it happens often, and you're underprepared and you're underprotected, then you end up with... Yeah, you, you end up having to make a decision. And so with the amount of insurance that we have, it's we could say, okay, I could get help if necessary. I could have, I could pay for somebody to come in. I wouldn't have to rely on family. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, mom's not around, but our kids could still participate in things. Life could be somewhat normal-ish mm-hmm. <laughs> because it wouldn't be, all right, we have to rely on the kindness of strangers. We have to, I have to port you here, here, and here, and here mm-hmm. because we have I to ha- move or we have to sell the house. We have to do these, this, these things because we don't have enough. Mm-hmm. And so Definitely, that was that was a conversation. So, so you're talking about um, first of all getting life insurance and having that in place because life insurance and health mm-hmm. insurance are different. Like yes. I know that sounds, but that actually surprised me as yeah. a young married to understand really what life insurance was versus health insurance. So life insurance only kicks in if you die, mm-hmm. right? And it's used to for funeral expenses and to replace the the missing link in the family, like mortgage or 
like for in our family, our insurance is is the idea is that the other party can pay off the mortgage and then stay home with the kids for the rest of their childhood. So we kind of um, monetize, like mm-hmm. we kind of figured out how much money either one of us would need to do that type of lifestyle for the next, however old our kids are. And so that's like, that was our gauge. And that's a proper gauge. Mm-hmm. That's a proper gauge. Because it's like, it's not, I mean, <laughs> it, it, traditionally we would think that the breadwinner, whoever's making the money would be worth more in life insurance. But really when you think about it, it's the person staying home with the kids, um, Oh. Is is just as valuable well, because the person making expensive. Money. Childcare sure. is very very expensive, so you're not going to be able to maintain the same type exactly. of living if you're um yeah if that dynamic changes. So yeah, what would you recommend? Like, would you recommend that partnerships couples get equal insurance on each other? There's or like nothing wrong with that? Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, the mantra that I I typically share with people is, you don't want to have to force the other people to make decisions. So if something happened to me, I don't want Anna to have to make a decision. She's forced to make a decision because she doesn't have enough money. Because they so don't have enough options. She doesn't have any yeah. options. So she she has, so she has to move out or she has to move mm-hmm. back in with in-laws or she has to go get a job or she, or she has, has to, to get married. Or she has to get married. You know, she has to find that, that next mm-hmm. person or whatever. The opportunity to not have to make a decision to be able to just say, okay, I'm fine. I'm fine. We can pay off the house. Mm-hmm. We have enough to live off of. Um, I don't have to go back to work. I can quit my job for a time. I can have mm-hmm. that time to grieve and be with my children. Um, let the dust settle. Yeah. It just seems like torture to be dealing with the loss of your partner. And then on top of that, be moving and changing careers. And that just sounds like crazy making. You already have enough stress mm-hmm. in your mind. A person's mind isn't in, they aren't in their right mind in the first no. place when something happens like that because you have the trauma yep. and so you're trying to deal with the trauma. And so in, in that event, as, as I was watching what I thought might be her last breath, it was, okay, I've got a lot of bases to cover. You know, I'm going to have to go and I'm going to have to take care of step up to be a dad that takes care of his teenage daughters better than I have been. Mm-hmm. And this uh, is all, all flashing before your eyes. And an infant. <laughs> And, and an, an infant. infant. <laughs> so, you don't have milkies. <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> Your right. Your plumbing is different. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. So there's a lot of different things. It's like, but that was off the table. That those concerns mm-hmm. were completely off the table. It was just, okay, something's wrong. <laughs> you know, let's, let's, let's just, deal with here let's and deal now. Let's deal with here and mm-hmm. now. So there are different types of life insurance, right? Even yes. though, I mean, I still don't even get it. There's time. What there's is term the, or whole life. Yeah, what is all that? And who gets the bad rap? One of them gets a bad rap. <laughs> uh, the permanent life insurance gets the bad rap. Oh. And, and why does it get the bad rap? Because it's more expensive. And why, why would anybody fall for it? Or if, what's, what's the... So the, it, it's, a, it's a proper discussion to have. Yeah, no, I'm, let's and, have it now. I'm and so anytime, anytime somebody needs to replace an income. So like Anna said, she works. And so... Not only does she do a ton more than I do at the house, she also has a full-time job. Mm -hmm. And so term insurance is designed to pay off those debts because it's a lot of money that you're getting for a little premium. And so you can pay off the house. You and that's enough. why it's called term. That's why it's called Because you kind of think of it's short term. It's just to take care of short term needs, pay off the house, get everybody stable, and then move on. Yeah. Right. Okay, cool. And so those needs, ideally, 
you know, the kids are going to grow up and move out. Yep. And so the child care is going to go away. So it's a short term uh-huh. need. Cool. The okay. mortgage, ideally, the mortgage Once it's is paid off, away. it doesn't come back. Okay. That, that's exactly right, okay. ideally. And so term insurance is just for a set period of time. And then, is it is it is it um, one lump sum or does it come oh, in yeah. increments? No, it, it's, it's one lump sum. You can. This is one of the. You can have it come in little increments if you want it to, or you can get it in lump sum. So you can just and pay off mortgage. Yeah, yeah that's a discussion you can it, have with you. Yeah. Okay, interesting. I didn't even know that you could do that. And then what's the other kind? Permanent. Permanent. So that just st- says whenever you die. So between you could die tomorrow or you could die at age one hundred and twenty-one. Uh huh. And there's still some death benefit that comes to the family. And so that comes into play if you want to have legacy planning for kids, for charity, um, if you want to pay, have money to pay off final expenses that doesn't... And that's the more expensive kind? Yeah. Why is it more expensive? Because they're looking at your entire life. So the insurance company knows for a fact that they will pay out a benefit. Well, yeah, because you're going to die. Nobody yep. escapes. That's exactly right. Whereas term insurance, you may cancel the policy and then they're off the hook. Yep. And, and Got they're, it. they're set, you know, at a five or a 10 or a whatever your limit. And so once that five years is up, then you can, what, you can transfer it over into a whole life policy or something? Yeah, you can. And oh, then it's going to be more expensive. Because it's short term, yeah. you're do only doing it to protect little bit little yeah. bitties or whatever. Okay. And so the, so the insurance companies, they know the likelihood, the percentage, it's all math. Yeah. Well, because basically that's the kind of insurance you use when you're protecting little bitties. That's mm-hmm. all you'd use it for. Like if, if you're just a retiree, then hopefully you have 10 grand in the bank to take care of funeral expenses uh-huh. and you're not needing a payout. Yeah. Got it. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's, you going to say something? Oh, I was just going to say like, but with the whole life, I know it gets the bad rap, but if you, the, the younger you are when you start it, then it's going to be a lot cheaper because you're mm-hmm. healthier. Right. So if you, sure. if you don't get a whole life policy till you're in your 50s, it's going to be a lot more expensive. And can you sign up for insurance anytime, even if you're not healthy? Um, you can apply and see if a company will insure you. Like you find out you're pregnant, can you get insurance while you're That's pregnant? That's fine. That's fine? That's fine. Um, there may be a caveat in there that says, and it's different from insurance company to insurance company sometimes. Okay. But there may be caveats in there saying, okay, if this happens, then we will pay all of it out. <laughs> so, but you can get it life insurance when you're pregnant. That's not a problem. Um, anyone that, a person can get life insurance from the time they're two weeks old until they die, unless they have a health issue. So what are the little cards that come in the mail about insuring your baby? So those are life insurance, permanent life insurance contracts that are smaller dollar amounts, be it 5,000, 10,000, 25,000. And those are on your kids and they're designed to be able to mature in 20 years. Okay. And by maturing, that means that the policy can be completely paid up or paid up kind of like a mortgage. Okay. So and then once it's paid off, what are the benefits? You have a death benefit that's there for the rest of your life. Interesting. Okay. So the the purpose of those is is the death benefit, like funeral costs. That's yeah. basically, you're yeah. not going to make money on your kids. <laughs> <laughs> that's not no. the goal. No. I was just thinking, why would you want, why would they want to scare parents into doing life insurance for your child? But it's just basically 
that it, it's an insurance plan for them. It's like a save, savings plan for them because then they that's They don't have okay. to worry about it if an accident happens, you know. They're covered for the rest of their lives for that funeral costs. Yeah, for it. that child, yep. Yeah. Okay, so how about... um. How about health insurance? And everything has changed so much in the last few years. I know the policies that I used when I was having babies, they don't even exist anymore. And no. I used to <laughs> I used to have a rider that, you know, allowed me to, if I was in the hospital for the baby, it would actually pay cash so my husband could get a babysitter. Like, it was really like we went out to eat on the insurance money because that's what it was for. It was supposed to, like, make your life super chill if a member of your family ended up in the hospital for some reason it was supposed yeah. to like help with lifestyle <laughs> and, I, and I remember my insurance guy just saying because we were dirt dirt poor and we had a super high deductible I think it was like 10 grand and then he had this this um hospital policy because we planned to give birth in the hospital so he said as long as you give birth in the hospital make it to the hospital for the birth <laughs> then you'll get a ten thousand dollar check that will cover the first ten thousand dollars of your expenses and then this other coverage will cover if you ha end up with you know cat catastrophic like a blood transfusion or whatever it would handle everything else and so that was that was pretty great because yeah. but you can't do that anymore no no but i can still relive the glory days yeah. <laughs> of the days yeah those are those are the great days <laughs> um and one of the reasons why that opportunity has gone away is because the insurance has gone away from the states. And so many times back in the day, it was, okay, the state insurance regulator said, we approve this type of product. And mm. so a company would come into a state and say, okay, this is the pricing based upon the demographics. And so here in this state, we have a lot of young people that really don't- A lot of really babies. <laughs> We don't so really many get babies. sick. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have all of the additional health issues of high rates of cancer, high rates of diabetes and stuff like that. And so the company can come and say, yeah, we can price it here low. Mm -hmm. We can price it low because we know that it's not going to be used much. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, those hospital indemnity plans that provided the, the cash Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, it's like, whoa, <laughs> insurance companies were paying out a lot because people were saying, yeah, I'm, I'm in the hospital having a baby, and it's covering the things that it needs mm -hmm. to cover, and so this is great. And so all of a sudden, the companies are like, uh-oh, oh. <laughs> we're, we're pushing out a lot more money than we're getting, and so we have to increase the premiums. And that was what was happening before the ACA Came in and started regulating it. Affordable Care Act, which took it to the government, the, mm. the federal government level instead of the state level. And so everything had to be normalized. High deductible premiums were no longer. Yeah, yeah. Because so, I'm really curious because when we were doing this um, with uh, four babies, every time we decided to think maybe, you know, we, a baby might com be coming, <laughs> um, we would meet with our insurance guy and go over it. And he was a broker for many different products. And he would be like, okay, what's your plan this time? Are you going to do a home birth? Or are you going to do a hospital birth? Like, what's your income like? And what cars do you need to pay? I'm just kidding. <laughs> he didn't say that. But but every time it was like a, he got, he would make a customized package. And yeah. you're saying basically you can't really do that anymore? What are your no. options? No. Okay, give us some hope here. <laughs> So, what 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 is a mom who is finds herself pregnant and is undercovered and doesn't really um, Medicaid is pretty great, but we didn't qualify for Medicaid yeah. for this third and fourth. Yeah, because the levels are so low. Yeah, the we were still considered so poverty, but just high enough that we didn't qualify for Medicaid. Yeah. It was that little gray area. Yep. So yeah. So right now, 
um, you can go go on to the exchange. And so a person can call up a broker and, and the broker can would ask the basic questions. What's your income? What's the size of your family and your zip code? Those mm-hmm. are the, those are the metrics that they're looking at now, zip code and income. So they plug that in and say, okay. Zip code. Yeah. What does that tell you about anything? It tells you about the health of the people around you and the utilization of insurance around you. Interesting. So some zip hmm. codes here in this state are more expensive than others. What? <laughs> because they have I want that it. information and I want to move into it. <laughs> that that's just the data secret. The data that, that they get is based upon that, oh. that information. And so Yes, there are some zip codes that are more expensive than others because it, the health insurance is used more by that the people who live in that zip code. And is there any, because um, don't you have to wait until open enrollments to get, so what if you find yourself pregnant and there's you can't get insurance because um, open enrollment? Open enrollment typically happens at the end of the year, and that's company or personal insurance. Um, if you have a life event, so if you have, if a person happens to lose their job, if they happen to move, um, if they happen to have something like a divorce, so divorce, move, uh, new job, losing a job, um, adoption, those types of things, that's a life event mm-hmm. that people can go to the exchange and say, we've had this life event, we prove this, we can be eligible to get coverage outside of that open enrollment window. And this is new since the Affordable Care Act. Yes. Is this- so they can't they can't turn you away no. because you've had a life event. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the first step, I mean, hopefully our listeners are covered by some sort of insurance, but this is why I wanted to do this. What are your steps? Like who do you call? What what do you ask first? You you call a broker and, and mm-hmm. just say, you know, I'm looking for health insurance. How do you find a broker? Um most you can go online. Um and just search. Yeah, health insurance brokers. Or you can even call um the insurance companies. So oh, okay. around here, it would be Select Health or Intermountain Health. And you would just call your health. You would call them and say, okay. And ask them for a broker. What See, insurance? This- what insurance do you take? So that that's. Oh, that's so call the one. hospital where you're going to give birth and say, call, what insurance do you yeah, take? Call the hospital okay. or the provider, the doctor, and say, okay, what, what insurance do you take? The nurses will know and you'll be able to get a list of, you know, we take Blue Cross, we take. Select Health, we take mm-hmm. uh, United Healthcare, Humana, whatever. And then they'll give you like a number of a broker. And then you can call and, so and find. So our brokers, in my mind, brokers are almost like real estate agents. Like they work by themselves, right? And they sell these insurance products. That surprised me too because our, our broker, he drives a motorcycle. And that surprised me when he came like for our consult, he drove up in a motorcycle. And I just, I don't know, in my mind, I thought it should be like somebody in a suit and tie in a like high rise office building. I don't know. For me, it just seemed <laughs> funny, but he is like, he's become our friend. We've known him for 17 years now. And he just, we were like, Hey, if we ever have a question, we just call our dude. Like yeah. he's our, he's got our back. And so that's kind of what a broker is. You can find yeah. a broker and then our broker does many different products. Exactly. So you can find some that only represent one health insurance, yep. or you can find some that represent many, and, right? And any more, more often than not, more, most brokers represent more than one company mm-hmm. because they're trying to do what they can to help the the client. Well, because they get paid based on the policies yeah. they sell. So if they can get a product that fits your needs, yeah. they get a cut, right? So it yeah. makes sense. And then some like some situations are, let's say that a, a family, they love to travel. 
and mm-hmm. they love to travel out of state. Well, certain insurances don't work very well out of state. So the broker is kind of like your in- concierge. They're going to help yeah. you. And this is, I mean, if you have an insurance policy through your work, this doesn't really apply. No. But there's a lot of self-insured, um, self-employed. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's exhausting yeah. to be self-employed so sometimes. <laughs> it is. It, so much work. <laughs> it is. And so it's, it's a similar conversation to the life insurance. It's like, okay, what is, what is this intended to do? Mm-hmm. Are you traveling out of state? Yeah, we travel out of state. We travel regionally. We travel, you know, overseas. Mm-hmm. Okay, then if that's the case, then these insurance companies don't fit. Right. They just don't fit because they won't. If you happen to be outside of state and something happens to you, you're going to be paying a lot. So let's look at these companies over here. Mm-hmm. So similar to you know the life insurance side of things, what do you want it to do? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's find the right fit. So yeah, ideally a broker would be have that kind of conversation of what do you want it to do? Let's find the right fit. And your budget too. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Because okay. I know as a self-employed um, person, we have always managed to figure out insurance. Sometimes it's cheaper than others, but yeah, he's been able to help us kind of navigate it. And I still have a lot of questions, which speaks to his skill because he just kind of you know, magic curtain, you know, behind the curtain, Wizard of Oz is what, you know, and we've always been really, really well taken care of. So do you know of any insurances that will cover uh, birth centers or home births? Um, Specifically right now, I don't, but more and more providers are recognizing that that is, those are professionals. Mm -hmm. They aren't, they, they need to be you know, provided for compensation. They need to be compensated not and stuff. An like that. alternative choice. They are yeah. an actual choice. Yeah, and um, there are some some. If you're familiar with, uh, there's one particular that I know is is called Christian Health Ministries. That was my next question. What's the difference between a health insurance and some of these health co-ops? Is that yeah, what? that's a good way to put it. Is a health co-op, and so what they do is they they come together, and it's a pool of money that people pay into mm-hmm. with the explicit understanding that if something happens to you medically, that money's going to come out of this pool to help pay for that. And it's a cash, it's an indemnity type of plan. And so you would get the bill and then they reimburse you with that bill for that bill. So you have to pay it up front and then yeah. they reimburse you. Yeah. That's typically how they, they do. And they have specific. So what if you can't pay the bill? Um, then it's a negotiation between the do- the doctor, yourself, and the, the ministry. Interesting. So they, they try to work with you yeah. so that it's not through the cracks and you're not worried about, you know. But it sounds like it serves a very different marketplace. It is. And it's a different mm. risk tolerance for people. So yeah. The, the people that are, insh- uh, that are just really familiar with typical traditional insurance, it's a completely different mindset, similar to the high deductible health plans. It's a different mindset. So that's why they would cover home birth more yeah. likely because it's an inde- indemnity. It's an indemnity. It's and reimbursement. Would... Yeah. Interesting. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so much information. <laughs> yeah. So it is, there's a lot of, of details and whatnot. Is there anything else that you think, I mean, I just, I can't all the, ask all the questions in the world, but I... So what is the FMLA? I've heard that term being thrown around. So that's the um, Family and Medical Leave Act of 1993, I guess. 1993? (laughs) You just knew that right off the top of your head. (laughs) 
No, my husband kind of gave me a little. (laughs) Um, So what is, what is that? Does it have to do with insurance? Well, it does. um, So like with my, with my company, they didn't have maternity leave. And so if I was going to take off um, a certain amount of time, then I had to go on this FMLA in order to secure that they wouldn't, I wouldn't lose my job while I was out on maternity. So it's not an insurance plan. It's just, no, it's it's just just a law that says they can't fire you right. if you need to take maternity leave? Exactly. Well, at least yeah. we've got that. <laughs> yeah. And so at the at the time, it was it was frustrating for me because it was kind of like this. You either took it or you didn't. And so you either had to take six weeks and you couldn't talk to anybody at work. You couldn't do any work from home. You, it was like you couldn't do it, was which was awkward because I'm at home. I can like check in and things, but I couldn't because of the FMLA. Or I could not take FMLA and go right back to let's, work after my Let's do things that make sense, please. <laughs> Come on, guys. Oh my goodness. So did you take that? Obviously, I did. You just I did had take a C-section. FMLA. Yeah. <laughs> Good choice. Yeah. And so with with my situation too, because they I didn't they didn't have a maternity policy, um, I had to use my own sick and vacation time to cover that six weeks mm-hmm. um, that I. So is had there off. insurance that you can buy that would cover your lost income? Yeah, there is, and it's it's disability income protection. Mm-hmm. So that's the that's so having the a baby qualifies for disability and um, income under insurance? certain circumstances. So technicality. So if we were to technically look at Anna's situation, uh-huh. where this happened and it was an emergency, and there was there was these things that happened to prevent her going back to work. It wasn't just a normal delivery. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a normal delivery. There was an emergency that happened afterwards. Then the disability income could protect her income. And so she could still. So that's a that policy payment. you can ask your broker about. Uh-huh. Like they yeah. would sell that kind of stuff too. Yeah. Short-term disability and long-term disability. Typically short-term disability is you're familiar with AFLAC. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's that vein of insurance is specifically short-term disability mm. insurance. Long-term disability is if you're out of work for longer than 90 days mm-hmm. and then your income is covered. And so, but that's a stressor as well. So that, that just provides that peace of mind that, okay, if something were to happen, like if, if she became disabled for whatever reason, because of that blood loss, you know, let, let's say that I don't know. She couldn't walk. Yeah. Or she ended up she, with some sort of like a stroke or she ended mm-hmm. up with some sort of life, yeah. lifelong debilitating. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. Then that disability income policy that would provide uh, a portion of her income to come in and help pay for additional bills and whatnot. So I kind of get this. If, if you work for an employer, do you need a broker or, cause you don't want it to have double coverage, right? Is that, you can't have double coverage. Um, don't they end up fighting each other over nope. who gets to no. pay? No, <laughs> they they coordinate. Yeah, okay. Because I heard if you have double coverage, then you're then you're in trouble because they'll just fight over and nobody will end up paying. <laughs> There's usually like a, a primary one that you use, and then the, the other one would be the secondary. So if you don't like the health coverage you get through your work, you can go get another smaller policy on right. the side, or well, or, for example, like the life insurance. When she had the premonitions that she wasn't going to live through the pregnancy. She checked not only personal life insurance, she checked through work. Mm-hmm. And she told me, I checked at work. I have this much life insurance. In oh my gosh, what a hard work. discussion. Yeah. And so she let me know that, yes, we did have a per- we do have a personal policy, but she also has life insurance through work. 
and there's no coordination. It's just something happens. Yeah, life insurance is just pretty simple, yeah. It's straightforward. Okay, another random question is what happens when the baby, because when the baby's inside, it's um, covered covered by mom, like Mm -hmm. the mom's insurance. But then once that, that cord is cut, is the we baby had to call within the first week, I think, the, uh-huh. within the first week to the insurance company and say, okay, the baby's born, will, will you cover it? Because then those those first few days in the hospital, you know, like especially if the baby, there's baby's in distress or has to yeah, be that's what I was going to say. You need to be able to have that covered. And so within the first, I think it's the first week, but it yeah. depends on. And the babies are covered no, no matter what. Like you can't refuse a baby to cover it, right? Because no. heads are going to roll yeah. if I can't <laughs> figure out that that's the thing. Yeah. Just kidding. I have no yeah. power, but I, you know, virtually I would want heads to roll. <laughs> oh, interesting. Was there anything else that we should know about this navigating insurance and how to protect our family? For me, it was, it was, um, the only kind of peace of mind that I had going through all of it. Um, not knowing, you know, what was going to happen with this delivery was like, okay, well, at least they'll be covered financially. Like at least. <laughs> oh my gosh, Anna. You know. <laughs> but I mean, that's a big deal because yeah. I mean, I mean, finances is, is always stressful. And so it, you know, at least, at least that would be something, you know, so. So just get coverage so you can focus on having a healthy pregnancy and having this baby and growing your family and not worry about this big bill that you're going to get hit. Cause it yeah. always comes like right after <laughs> like, yeah. you're here with these leaky boobs and this sore <laughs> body. And then you start getting these bills for, you know, more than your house is worth. And you're like, really? <laughs> and you're already emotional. And, and you're already <laughs> emotional. <laughs> oh, yeah. wow. I, uh, if anything, just don't be afraid to coordinate. Don't, don't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah. Ask and questions. And, and questions. It, it's proper to, to prepare beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, don't, don't assume that everything is going to be okay. And like for, for me, don't dismiss premonitions. Don't mm-hmm. dismiss. Cause I didn't really want to, honestly, I, I was like that. That's not real. That's not going to happen. She's just a little bit extra paranoid because yes. of these things. A little hormonal. A little, a little hormonal. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> it was all of that. But, it, but at the same time it was okay. She's doing the dude, you know, she's checking to coordinate mm-hmm. and everything and, and we're all taken care of. Yeah. So yeah. If if that were to happen, then I it would be fine. Yeah, ish, <laughs> ish. Oh my goodness. Well, okay. So this was been has been a very non traditional episode, and um, I really appreciate you coming. And I just want to remind the listeners, like I this actually opportunity to interview um, Jeffrey and Anna was completely a gift to me. Like I've never met you guys before, and <laughs> and I'm I was excited to explore the topic um, because of your 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 circumstances, and then of course your professional your profession is helping people with their insurance needs. So I thought this was a great way to kind of tackle this hard issue because I think it's really important as one of the tools a mom, mom's got her, like I said, the placenta, whatever the, the lactation consultant, she's got her midwife, she's got her doula and now she's got her insurance dude and he's part of the birth team. And I just thought it was, it's kind of a good tool to make sure she has in her. And I, and to emphasize, I would say one last emphasis that I would make is that moms are worth a lot more than they or their spouse may give them credit for. That and that is Hallelujah. True. That is that <laughs> is so true because it realistically, if you want to take a look at the numbers, mm-hmm. if moms weren't around, the dads are forking out a ton of money. We to can't cover do it. everything that the mom we child care, yeah. And and so if like if she were not around, it would take what she's worth 
as far as life insurance. It would take over a million dollars, and we have over a million dollars of life insurance on her. That's mm-hmm. what it would take. Yep. Honestly. And even then, you would you would be picking up these weird... Well, single parenthood is never easy, but you would still be picking up these, trying to fit the puzzles because... Man, you, the childcare and the health and the housekeeping and the grocery shopping and the chauffeuring and the <laughs> homework tutoring and the birds all, and the bees talking and the <laughs> all of that. All of yeah. that. Don't don't do not don't underestimate and discount yeah. how much a a mother and is worth. Mm-hmm. Just don't. Ooh, I like it. I love ending that on. <laughs> so um, so. Where can people learn more about you specifically? You've talked a lot about um, finding an insurance broker, but I do want to give you the platform. Like, thank you for <laughs> serving <laughs> on behalf of all your customers I've never met <laughs> and for all the listeners who just learned so much. Thank you for serving us. <laughs> but where you're, can they find out? About? You're, you're welcome. Um, my email address is jeffreybutler at financialguide.com. Uh, LinkedIn profile, Jeffrey D. Butler. Um, those are the two places. You'll answer lots of random questions from yeah. everybody. And every state is different too, right? The 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 insurance has been kind of federalized. And so yes. things are more an even playing field between states, but you still yeah. need to find a broker in your state, right? Yes. Yes. Or a broker that is licensed in your state. Licensed in your state. So awesome. make sure that they are they are uh, able to do business within the, the state that you reside in. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time and for your expertise. <laughs> Thanks for letting us come and, and share our story. It's oh, thanks, thanks, Anna. <laughs> Please visit us at birthcircle.com, join our Facebook groups, or find us on Instagram and Pinterest. We hope you'll use our resources to support your birthing experience. And thank you to LaunchPod Media, who produces these podcasts.